Hi, and welcome to Kids in Cars, the podcast where you get to see inside the minds of teens in a small town, where we do what teens do best, drive around in our cars. All right, so Jada, what is it like being a teen in a small town today? I don't know. It's been pretty mixed because it's weird that like everybody knows each other. Like I'm just I'm driving down the street and three cars in a row. I'm like, oh, I know all of the people in those cars are like talking to people. And I mentioned my dad's name. We're like, oh, John Vermeer, you're John Vermeer's daughter. I know him. It's like really weird, but it's also nice because it's like we live in such a nice area where there's lots of like woods and beautiful scenery and places to drive where we go and park and just sit at the sit and look at the city lights and stuff like that so i know there's good sides and bad sides to it yeah i agree my one thing is like i hate that aspect of knowing everybody yeah i would like to be in a big city far away from everybody that i i know because it's like the most awkward thing when you go to the grocery store and you see like a kind of acquaintance yeah, no and you're like oh gotta talk to this person yeah. now don't want to or like or like yeah you're rude if you don't yeah or like the when they know your parents and suddenly they're oh, telling you a yeah. story about your and parents you're like, I and don't you're care. like i don't care buddy i'm just grabbing tomatoes dude <laughs> just trying to get my tomatoes thank you leave me alone now i have anxiety <laughs> please <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into some philosophical questions okay. because I did just take a philosophy course and this stuff has been heavy on the noggin. On, so, your, on your noggin. <laughs> on the All noggin. Right. Okay. So let's get into it. So what are some harsh truths that you prefer to ignore? Like on your daily basis, daily life, not daily basis. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it now. <laughs> it's gonna keep rolling hard truth yeah hold on this one actually takes some thought because i don't know well here i'll say mine and okay. then we'll get the ball rolling right. mine is like the climate crisis okay like every day when i throw a piece of like a piece of plastic in the garbage yeah. i'm like i am killing the turtles but i choose to put it out of my mind because i'm like if i thought about the environmental impact i am making on a daily basis i would probably want to um you know jump off a five-story building yeah because it's just like it's such a constant thing that's been drilled into our head and so like that's like a harsh truth that i definitely notice that i ignore yeah like the impact that i have on our our climate and our world i don't know i think the rough thing about this question is like they're hard truths that you want to ignore so it's like difficult to bring them up but definitely that and also like the fact that everything is very quickly getting more and more expensive and we aren't really getting yes. paid enough for like, it. Like, will we ever be able to buy a house? Yeah, by Probably the time we're, like, not. 25 and ready to move into a genuine house, it's going to be so expensive. You're yeah. going to have to take out, like, four loans. And I just choose to be like, mm, whatever, that's a that's a future Jada problem. Yeah. Present Jada is just more worried about graduating and starting university and yeah. paying tuition. For sure. Yeah. All right, next question. So, is free will real or is it an illusion? Do you think that we have free will in this world? I think to a certain extent, yes. Because genuinely, anybody could do whatever the hell they wanted at any point in time. Most people just choose not to. If I wanted to go out and rob a store right now, I could do it. Mm -hmm. There would be consequences, but I choose not to because I know morally that's wrong. And that's free will. Mm -hmm. I choose not to go out and rob a store. I choose not to shoplift. I choose not to like commit crimes or do crazy stuff that would like 
affect the, my future and stuff. So I think, I think free will is a real thing. I think to a certain extent, like, a lot of our views and stuff are formed by the environments around us, mm-hmm. which is still free will because you still have to, like, sort of at least subconsciously make a choice to not do or to do certain things. Yeah. I mean, I believe free will is real to an extent, but I also believe that yeah, it's definitely debatable mm-hmm. whether or not it is, especially in, like, the the government that we live under and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like if, as a whole, humanity just abandoned the idea of free will, we would also, we wouldn't have empathy towards anything. Yeah, and there I think would be our a lot world more chaos. Would, Yeah, our world would fall into chaos because there's no, there's no consequence if you don't have free will because somebody else is controlling your decisions. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. That's very good. Um, so... Do you think fate exists? Like, do you think that, you know, your your soulmate is waiting out there for you or that, you know, the the career that you're going to get into is fated and pre-planned and predestined? Okay, so again, this is a really interesting question because the whole soulmate thing, I believe that we create our own soulmates. Like, mm-hmm. your soulmate isn't just waiting out there and you're not destined to find them, but you'll probably eventually... Or maybe you won't meet somebody that's like perfectly suited for you and for your needs and you're suited for their needs. But I don't know if that's like a a destiny thing where you're destined to meet your soulmate. I think we make our own soulmates and we choose to be like, yeah, this person is is right for me. When it comes to like fate for careers and stuff. No, I'm not a huge uh, I'm not a huge advocate for that one because I'm like we are formed by our environments around us. But whether that's for the better or for the worse, it's not so much a destiny thing. You make your own choices, and choices change. Yeah. So, do you think that our lives require a purpose or a goal to make them fulfilled? No. God, no. No. I have hated that. My parents have always said that. They're like, don't you want, like, a purpose? Don't you want something to be passionate about? And I'm like, again, with, like, the... Also, don't you want a job that, like, Mm. fulfills you or something? But that's just not in today's world, in today's climate, and with expenses and all that stuff, that's not, like, reasonable. That's not always obtainable for some people. And, Mm. like, it's not necessarily a bad thing to work a job that you don't fully feel fulfilled in, but then do the things that you love on the side. Like, if you love crafting and arts and stuff like that, and that makes you feel fulfilled, that's not that easy to create a career and, like, make enough money off of that to live off of. So maybe you work as a barista during the day to make money to pay rent and utilities and things like that. But then you craft in your free time and have fun little paintings around your house or something. (laughs) So, you know, talking on this topic of, like, philosophy and Hmm. stuff, it comes into play with, like, you know, like, your position on spirituality. So do you think that being a spiritual person makes you a happier person? And not necessarily, like, religion, but just, like, spirituality in general. Just, like, that belief in the higher something. I think that one depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Because, for me, I'm more of what they call agnostic, which is not atheist, but it's not religious. Where Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm sure there's probably something out there, or maybe there's not. But either way, I'm not going to find out for, like, a long time until I, like kick the bucket yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but for some people 
what they need in their life is this belief in a higher power and that the things that they do have a reason Mm -hmm. and are going to result in something good for them after death. And that's necessary for a lot of people in stopping them from, like, doing really bad stuff or something like that for fear of, well, if I do this thing, am I going to get into heaven? I I feel like it also ties into that question again of, like, does your life need to have purpose? Yeah. And if you're a person that's like, ah, absolutely my life needs to have purpose, but you can't find it, I think believing in something spiritual helps you reach that goal. Yeah. You I feel to, that you're connected to something else. Yeah. I had a conversation with a friend a few weeks ago because I was we were sitting around a campfire and at a recent event, somebody had asked me, can you bring your tarot cards? And I do the tarot card Mm -hmm. thing i've got the crystals and blah 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 i like it i it makes me feel good and it makes me feel understood and one of my friends asked me do you genuinely believe that these are like predicting what's coming and i said the point of tarot cards is not to predict your exact future the the description of them are very vague for a reason Mm -hmm. because maybe they do but even if they don't it just feels nice to feel understood like if i'm doing a reading the night before a test and i'm like is this test gonna go well and I pull the card like the magician, which I did on my AP exam. And it was is basically just like use the resources around you and you will succeed. Yeah. And that's maybe that's not necessarily predicting that, oh, my exam's gonna go great. I don't even have to try. It's gonna go fantastic. But it's just nice to feel like understood and being like, maybe this is giving me a possibility of doing well. I just have to use what I've learned and do the work and put the work in. And maybe I can like get what I want out of this exam. Yeah, I yeah. feel that. I mean, we all look to something to try to predict, you know, what's coming, because that's, like, the thing in life. You have no idea what's coming. Yeah. And that's, like, the thing that we are constantly in search for is, like, especially, like, if you deal with things like anxiety, it's just that apprehension of the future. Yeah. You're worried about what's coming that you aren't prepared for. So I think that's where, you know, if you have any issues like that, you are so drawn to something that's kind of telling you, hey, I, I kind of, I can kind of point you in the direction yeah. of where things might be going. It gives you that bit of peace of mind. Yeah. Spirituality really is like a, a mind over matter kind of thing. Absolutely. Like if you believe in something, then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that we've gone over, you know, your philosophy of mm. life as a <laughs> as an 18 year old living in <laughs> our small town. Um, what are some of your opinions on politics? Um, so one of the first questions I want to ask is. Should all drugs be legalized? What is your stance on this? Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I 100% believe in that philosophy. They do that in Amsterdam, yeah. where pretty much all drugs are legal, and they have one of the lowest OD rates in the entire yeah. world. Because if you're given these safe environments to use, don't do bad drugs. Yeah, First sure. of all, don't go out and do cocaine or shoot up heroin, but... If that's some some sort of situation that you have gotten yourself in or life circumstances have pushed you towards, it's much better, much safer for you to be able to do that in a clean, safe environment with a clean needle, with drugs that you know are coming from somewhere that are not going to like, they're not tainted with anything terrible. Mm. And it's not, either way, it's never going to be like a, a perfect situation because you're you're doing dangerous shit. You're, you're doing dangerous stuff to your body, but... It's just so much safer and so much safer on the mental wise and the physical wise if you're doing it in like a safe environment where you know that you're going to be okay. Like if you have an OD or something like that, there's going to be somebody around who will call the police or call Mm -hmm. the ambulance and they'll take care of you and you don't have to worry about going to prison for it. 
Yeah, and I think, especially living in North America currently, the opioid crisis is absolutely insane. It's horrifying. I mean, I read a stat that was saying that we have had more deaths because of, like, ODs than we even have had COVID deaths yeah, this year. Yeah, it's insane. And that's so sad. Yeah. Because, you know... The fact that our government could be making it safe for people to go out and do what they want to do. You know, you can never control what people decide to do with themselves, but you can control whether it's safe or not. Yeah. And so for our government to kind of ignore that stance and kind of go the opposite direction of just like, just don't do it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's proven to not work and it's kind of gotten us into this crisis. Yeah. And like addiction well and truly is a mental illness and we should treat it as such, not as like a crime. Dealing with, like, this is getting personal, but, like, dealing with a mom who has a cocaine addiction, Mm -hmm. being around that as a child, it's been a very delicate balance of, like, being angry because I'm your kid and you should be taking care of me, but I understand and I recognize that this addiction that you've been dealing with for so many years is a mental illness and it's not as simple as just being, like, I need to look after my kid, so I'm going to stop this. Mm-hmm. It's it's not never that simple. And I think that we should treat it as a mental illness and try and get help for the people who are dealing with it rather than as a crime and just sending them to prison where, oh, I don't even know what the stat is, but it's unreasonably high for people who end up right back in a cell yeah. because they start using again because prison does not rehabilitate people. Yeah. What do you think one of the, like, the most political issues that we're facing today is discrimination yeah still 100 percent. it's it's uh certainly more private and quiet to a point than it used to be but it's absolutely insane specifically of course for people of color and things like that because it's a problem for the lgbtq plus community and all that but that's not immediately visible, whereas if your skin is a different color or you are of a different race, mm-hmm. it's immediately visible, and it's always a danger of, like, am I going to get judged for this? Am I going to get freaking hate-crimed or something yeah. like that? And just having to walk around bearing that knowledge and, like, always with that possibility of, am I going to be harmed today simply because of where I originate from or where my parents originate from yeah 100% one of the biggest issues we have it's awful and it's also awful because it's like we've seen generations and generations and generations go through the same issue and I mean the majority can agree that it's awful yeah and that it should just go away yet it never seems to because those lessons are just kind of you know they're taught but not to enough people yeah and I feel like our generation especially is really waking up to that and really you know trying to do something about it but i mean we act like our generation is the first to like have big riots you know we're, yeah. we're not we are been doing this for years and this years has and been years. forever it's just that through like big corporations and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. it's marketed as like yeah no this is the most supportive and like greatest generation we've ever had this time that we're living in mm-hmm. it's so supportive everybody's fine But then time and time again, you see these widely televised cases of, like, policemen very violently beating people Mm -hmm. of color or treating them worse than they would white people and things like that. And it's insane how, like, nobody talks really that much about it. And then it hits June and it's Pride Month and suddenly all the big corporations are coming out with their Pride collections and and making millions off that kind of stuff. But they don't really genuinely do anything for the community. 
I know. I feel like political I like ideas happening mm. right now that you know a lot of young kids are talking about have kind of turned into like a way of like, yeah, companies selling their products. Yeah. They're like, oh well, if we if we market it this way, then we're gonna get more people to buy it. But it's like you're not even doing anything to help these people or these communities. Yeah. Like, are you donating money to like corporations or like organizations that are helping? Yeah, and like. This Some is do. But yeah, this is me. But also, most of those collections are also ugly. Awful. Like the hot topic oh, the pride collection stuff? is so it's horrible. Awful. It's so it's awful. awful. And you it's think, like, who do you like? Why do you think that we want this? Yeah, you think hot topic of all places where oh, their yeah. biggest buyers is the LGBT. LGBTQ <laughs> yep. community. Yep. You think they would at least come out with something at least sort of fashionable but no it's just baggy t-shirts with yep. a huge rainbow on it and they're yeah. like this is it this is what the kids want yeah it's sad i don't know it's it's upsetting deeply upsetting and <laughs> they're making so much it money is. off of it um what do you think it is like being you know part of the lgbt community today like how like how do you feel about that like how do you feel about being I mean, me, I haven't really experienced it because I'm only, like, I'm not out to that many people. Like, my parents don't know, most of my friends don't know. Everybody at my work knows, but that's because they're all, you know, part of the same community. A little fruity, (laughs) if you will. But I myself have not really experienced it aside from, like, that quiet little ache of, like, I wish I could truly be honest about who I am so that maybe I could get something out of it, like a nice, nice lady or something like that. But, like, I'm on a bigger level just not ready to have that conversation with a lot of people yet and like my friends would be very supportive and Mm -hmm. I love them and I know they have no ounce of homophobia but it's that quiet little like it would change something about the relationship of like having sleepovers and things like that where like I know that I'm not trying to do anything and like Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not going to be weird but now they're like constantly thinking back over all those times we've had sleepovers or like when I'm drunk at a party and I'm yeah. making out with some girl and she's quietly thinking like, oh, was that a bigger thing for her than yeah. it was for me? And it it wasn't, but it's like that quiet thought in the back of their yeah. heads and it's just stresses me out. I feel like that ties in again to like living into a, like living in a small town. Yeah. It is such a different climate. We live in a town where, you know, it's kind of one of the Bible Belt towns. Yeah. It is super... Very much traditional very Dutch. conservative. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, that unsaid homophobia. Like yeah. That, like, the little thing under, you know, a lot of people. That yeah. they're, they don't say it, but you know, like, you know by the glare cool. and the... Yeah, and the... The quiet conversations that happen. Yeah. You know, at dinner parties with people. Well, like, my dad's side of the family is, for the most part, very religious. My one aunt, my Auntie Mel, she's not really, and, like, she's really good friends with uh, this guy my mom used to work at the bank, Brett, and his husband. Mm -hmm. He's gay. So, I know she'd be cool with it, but my Auntie Heather is very religious, Mm -hmm. and I've never had a conversation or heard her have a conversation about that sort of community, but it's, like, that quiet little worry of, like, what are they going to say? Like, I don't spend that much time around them, but, like, I I know that they would have something to say. I know my grandma, God rest her soul, was so against the the LGBT. She, I don't know, we'd had a couple conversations about it, just, like, her and my dad and I'm sitting Mm -hmm. at the table and I'm like I'm sitting there and I'm like girlfriend please (laughs) you do not know who you're talking to right now (laughs) you do not know who you're talking to buddy yeah it's unfortunate and it's also sad because it's like 
we live in these small towns where, you know, being a part of the LGBT community is starting to become accepted. Yeah. But in a quiet way. Yeah. And, but it's still not accepted enough to where we feel comfortable enough to live here openly. Yeah. And I think it creates this weird dynamic of, like, you know, if you are a kid in the LGBTQ community, you're, like, your goal in life is, like, okay, get out of small town, move to big city. Yeah. And, yeah, it's unfortunate because you grow up in these towns and all you think about is, like, well, when I get to the city, I'll get to be who I am. And so you kind of always quietly, like, undermine yourself or silence yourself just a little bit just because you know, like, one day you'll get to the place where you're going to be fully accepted. And it's unfortunate that we can't have more people in the community living in these small towns yeah. but it's because of the culture here you're much culture less is totally different you're much less likely to get hate crime yeah. than you would used to be but you're still just as likely to be judged negatively for it for sure and like there's i see a lot of kids especially at css who are like openly out and cool about it and they're cool with who they are but like i hear the people around them having conversations and they're mm-hmm. like just those quiet little words of like with that little bit of venom behind it where Mm -hmm. they're not trying to sound so mean but they're like yeah i heard she's a lesbian and you can just hear in that tone of their voice that there's like that subconscious little bit of hatred like why does it why does it matter who they choose to love and like what they choose to do with their own bodies like should be none of your business yeah all right well to move out of this this (laughs) side of the the politics here's some random questions that i want to ask okay when's the last time you felt a rush of adrenaline oh boy (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) can i talk about drugs (laughs) sure (laughs) right um last night it's, this better not get back to my it's parents. It's not. <laughs> Last night, I smoked some weed. I yeah. listened to Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, you did listen and I to drew, it. I did. I, I was did worried about it. you. I was going to text you this morning. Say, <laughs> if, hey, I yeah. if I hadn't, my coworker Emily would have would have just beat yeah. me up. Shout out to the Phoebe Bridgers listeners. Yeah. You so guys it's like, are crying at home. It's a really sad album, but like yeah. just like that incredible high school experience yes. of like i'm sitting on my bed alone it's midnight i'm listening to <laughs> punisher by phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> and i'm drawing in a giant sketchbook yes, it's like such as you like should a, main character moment very much a main, main character, character moment. moment and i'm just like yes this is it this is what i wanted yeah i just wish you could do it at like parties and stuff like that i know it's unfortunate i'm always waiting for that like one time where i'm gonna get invited to like that ultimate high school yeah. party like the project x yeah. <laughs> Yeah. party and you walk in and like everyone's just so hammered and every- yeah. it's fine because like nobody cares because nobody cares but that doesn't really happen here i'll no. be honest with you you know you think small town you no, think it's, hey, it's all country redneck parties it people do it at the river party yeah you go to the river you burn those um what are those the uh the, i don't know <laughs> we don't know we don't go to these parties <laughs> you do donuts or something yeah you do know. donuts and you burn, burn some rubber you burn, yeah you burn rubber baby yeah. yeehaw and then you somehow end up getting a ride home from some random redneck you met who is yeah. probably a little drunk but you're too yeah, drunk but to you're, care you're, you're, you're homies now yeah and then They're suddenly the you pit vipers. gain consciousness yeah. the next morning you're like what did yeah. i do last what night happened <laughs> um what is your favorite hobby to do on your own Writing. Writing. Yeah. You are a big writer. I'm a big writer. I'm a big yeah. reader, and I'm what a big are you, writer. Are you, work, are you were working on a book, right? Oh, girlfriend, I'm going to be working on that thing for the next well, decade of my it. life. Let's hear about Okay, so... A young writer in the, I, in the midst of her, her <laughs> Midst journey. of it? I don't know yeah, about that. I don't know. All right, all right. <laughs> I 
the middle of like, your journey. Since childhood, love the sci-fi, love the fantasy. Yeah. And then in about fifth grade, I think, we had to write a paper for anti-bullying day. Mm-hmm. And I wrote my paper and I handed it in to the teacher. And the next day I got it back. And he was like, this was the most incredible paper I've ever read from a fifth grader. Wow. And I want you to read it out to the class. And I was like, at that point, That's I was like, like the moment that every like yeah. little like lonely writer kid. Yeah, I was for. just like very much just before the age where I started to develop like social anxiety yeah. issues. So in fifth grade me, I was like, I'm the coolest. I'm the coolest bitch in this Absolutely. classroom. Everybody about to get Absolutely. wrecked. And I stood up and I read it out and it was like silent for half a second. And my heart dropped. And then suddenly everybody started clapping. <gasps> And I was wow. like, just this? like that magical moment. Yeah, this is insane. And then from that day on, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to write stuff now. Absolutely. And I don't know, papers for English and stuff, it's always really engaged me. And then like two years ago, I think it was, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. And I get very vivid dreams, but then I wake up and it's like the idea is vague. Yeah. But I had this very clear idea of like, oh, I had this incredible dream and I want to write something about this. So it started off as just, like, I wrote a little thing of, like, what happened to the dream. Just, like, a little scene or something. And then I was like, oh, I actually really like this premise. And if I could come up with some more ideas, maybe I could make this into a book. Yeah. And then last year for grade 11 English, our final project was essentially, like, what you're doing right now. Which is, like, just do something creative. Yeah. And I got really good marks on my writing all throughout the year. So I was like, whatever. I'm just going to, like, write the first chapter of this book. And I did. And I handed it into him, and I went back a week later to be like, hey, what is my mark that I got on this? Mm-hmm. And I walk into the classroom, and the teacher, who, him and I were kind of homies anyway, but he goes, there's my author. Uh, and there's this other lady in the room, and I'm like, oh, girl, can please. we talk quieter, yeah. please? <laughs> and he was like, this was incredible. Like, I've, I've never read anything like it. I was, you should have seen me. I was walking around the classroom with the other kids in the class, and I'm, like, going insane. I'm sitting wow. on desks. I'm, like, reacting. The kids are like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just reading somebody's project. Don't worry about it. And he started going over these specific scenes and stuff like that. And I got a really good mark on it. And I was like, oh, this is like genuinely something I could create. And then slowly since then, I just every once in a while, I'll write a couple pages. And then it's it's really a when the mood strikes kind of thing of like, I have to be in a very specific mental place to like start writing. I know. It's amazing. I can't really relate. Like, I like writing to an extent. I'm more of like a I'm more of, like, an art girl. Like, yeah. I want to I wanna create something. Like, I want to be in it. Like, I don't want to have to, like, think too hard about shit. Like, yeah, I just yeah. want to be able <laughs> give me my paint and my brush and let's see what we get. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, like, the most amazing thing, especially being, like, just a kid. Yeah. Like, not being understood. Uh, yeah. Angsty teen. Angsty <laughs> teen. Very emo. <laughs> but, like, you know, finding that niche in school. Yeah. Like, I'm mine like, this is, is what I'm very at. much art kid. Yeah. I did not know I was referred to as an art kid until, like, I, I was talking to a guy <laughs> and his friends were like, ah, art kid. And you I very was much like, look like I an was art like, kid. okay, yeah, this is where, this is who I am. This is yeah, where I yeah. fit into high school. Because I feel like that's, like, the big thing about being in high school is, like, you don't really want to be in a clique, but, like, you also kind of, like, crave that, like... Not so much title. a clique, but, like, just some sort like of area of interest something. that you fit into. Yeah, and, like, people know you by that, and I feel like, you know, I didn't fit in with, like, the drama kids. Mm. I tried really hard. Could not do Gross. it. Gross. Was not a drama kid. Not hang out with you if you were um, a theater kid. No Was offense. not, you know, a sport kid. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't deal. Could not... <laughs> 
I cannot shoot the hoops. No three pointers <laughs> right. for Aubrey. Okay, all right. But yeah, like all of a sudden one day it was like I, I got into an art class in grade seven and well actually funny story, like I go to GW, which is yeah. fine arts school, right? Yeah. And my parents wanted me to join band. They were like, bitch, you are learning to play an <laughs> instrument because that makes you smart and you're going to be the next Sammy Davis. Half like, the band kids I know see... are dumb as hell. But oh, yeah, right. but they wanted to see me do something successful and they thought I was going to make me smarter. Yeah, okay. And um, I lied to them and I signed up for art and drama, my grade seven. Girl. And when I got in, and, like, I, I also signed up for the fine arts program, which yeah. at the time was, like, a pretty big deal because you actually had to write, like, a whole application and, oh, like, geez. actually have to get in. Anybody who applied got in. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Right. I don't think anyone was really denied. But at the time, when you're in school and no one's had, had really done that yeah. yet, everyone was like, oh, my God, do you think we're going to get in? Like, literally, like, what we're going through now with the university. Yeah. And so I get into, like you know, the fine arts and, like, art and drama, mm. and I'm, like, starting school, and my parents are like, so when are you gonna get your instrument? Like, we're so <laughs> excited, like, what are you gonna play? And I'm like, oh, I do art, so look. <laughs> I do art and drama now, and this is who I am, and it was like, yeah, like, coming out, yeah. and, like, being like, I'm sorry. And your parents were so disappointed This is who I you. am, and then, you know, when I was failing math and science, yeah. and I was excelling in something else, you know, it turned into a pretty big thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, even in my family, I'm known as, like, the art one. <laughs> They're like, if somebody wants some art shit done, yeah. phoning up Aubrey. <laughs> family portraits, paintings of dragonflies. You could do a family portrait. Can you do one of me and my dog? Oh, my God. I can try. <laughs> but, like, you know, it turned into, like, this thing, and now it's, like, part of my identity. Yeah. I like, you know, I completely abandoned all hopes of sports, even though I was doing a pretty competitive sport at the yeah. time. I like was like, no, this is who this is my identity now. And that's nice. It it's is nice. nice. I to love have, fitting like, into something. A talent that you like, Absolutely. something that you know you're good at and you can Absolutely. like just easily integrate that into your personality because it's like, yeah. this is something Especially I can if do. it's something good. I feel yeah. like we all struggle with trying to find our identity, especially at our age. That's yeah. like, uh, teenagers, who are we? I feel you bad know? for the kids who are good at knitting. Oh, God. The crocheters. The crocheters. <laughs> They're making... Hey, you know what? That's kind of a thing right now. You know, people are crocheting tops. And yeah, hats. okay. No, that's it's, a good It's point. a moment right that's now. Point. It's a moment right now. All right. I mean, I think this was a pretty good little... <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear this is this has been Jada talking about her experience being a teenager in our small town. Hey, I'm not going to say where we are <laughs> because this is going on Spotify publicly and that's and we don't terrifying. We don't want to get murdered. <laughs> Um, I doubt anybody will ever listen to this but us. Hey, but it's kind of <laughs> kind of swag. It's kind of it's hey hey kind of swag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Kids in Cars. Um, have a nice day or night whenever you're listening to this. Peace out. Thank you again for joining us today on another episode of the Kids in Cars podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and see you around soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.